Thank you for tuning in to Avant Life's weekly podcast. We hope this message inspires you, stirs your faith, and leaves you blessed. Happy Father's Day to all of our fathers. Uh, I hope that you guys have had a great time so far. We have a really great word from God that uh, I'm, I'm very excited to bring to you this morning. Um, there's been a couple of conversations this week leading up to this, and I'd like to introduce you to one of them. But before I do that, I need you to bring your notebooks out. And I know that usually on a Father's Day sermon, you, you maybe wouldn't bring your notebooks out because you just want to feel good about being a dad. Or maybe if you're in the room with a dad, you want to feel good about how great your dad is. Uh, but I really do believe that God wants to open up what fatherhood is for us today. And what I mean by that is that there is an encouragement within fatherhood that is unique to fatherhood. It is a reflection of God's fatherhood to us as well. And so if you're looking for a title for uh, your notepad or your iPad or whatever pad you're using, uh, this is the title, Fatherhood Reflects Fatherhood. Fatherhood reflects fatherhood. And so if you have your Bibles, uh, can you please turn to Matthew chapter 6 with me, and we're going to pick up at verse 26. Uh, Look at the birds of the air, Jesus said. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they are? And which of you, being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They never are they neither toil nor spin. And yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arranged like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass on the field, which today is alive and tomorrow thrown into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles or those people that do not belong to God's family, seek after these things. And your heavenly Father knows what you need. He knows them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added to you. Verse 34, therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Uh, I love principles, and it's something that I have honestly inherited from my dad. My dad is a very principled man, and uh, whenever I got in trouble, I would always remember that I knew I was in really bad trouble if my mom said, we're waiting until your father gets home. Um, Even though my mom was the enforcer, like my dad, there's one occasion that I can remember my dad ever smacking me. Uh, My mom was the smacker and (laughs) still I knew I was in the most trouble when dad got called in. So I would almost prefer to just, you know, cop the punishment from mum and then dad not find out. But as soon as my mum said those words, we're waiting for your father to get home, uh, then I knew I was in trouble. I remember one time we were in the front row of church. Uh, My parents were front row people. And, you know, it's a risk when you're a front row person because everyone can see what you're doing, right? And so I remember I was just like having fun during the church service, you know, probably praying to God just maybe a little bit too fervently for my parents' um, liking. And uh, (laughs) hey, it's a true story, all right? I love praying. So anyway, I'm there worshiping God and praying, and my dad picks me up and walks me down the middle aisle of the church in front of everyone, and it clicks in my mind, man, am I in trouble? And so I scream at the top of my lungs, Daddy, please don't hit me. Daddy, please don't hit me. And my poor dad 
red as a tomato in the face, stops in the aisle, not knowing what to do and not knowing whether he needs to acknowledge what I've said and clarify that he's not hitting me. It's just because I was, you know, mucking around on the front row. He was actually taking me to the parents' room to, you know, have a bit of fun or whatever. And, um, yeah, anyway, so there's a lot of things to fatherhood that we, uh, we sometimes look over or gloss over. Uh, but fatherhood reflects fatherhood. And I want to submit to your uh, minds this morning that our most precious memories and the memories that cause us the most amount of joy and happiness when it comes to our own fathers are those moments where our fathers have actually reflected God the most. But equally so, the moments that cause us the most pain and the moments that cause us the most frustration and regret and guilt and shame are the moments that fathers have incorrectly reflected God. And so Father's Day is a day that is filled with both joy, but also a lot of sadness because it causes us to remember these moments of history in our own stories where our dads were great warriors, where our dads were full of strength and full of love, but also when they weren't those things. And so this morning, I want to be sensitive about the topic of fatherhood. There's a conversation I had with Alicia Walton, our kids pastor this week, and I had not realized that my sense of humor um, rubbed people the wrong way. <laughs> like, it was news to me, right? I just thought, you know, like, I was like Rob, I was just like, just like Rob's like other dads, I was just like other people, you know? And then Alicia says, you know, hey Joel, your sense of humor is pretty weird, and um, it took a while for me to, to like, understand you. Uh, and she said, the moment that everything made sense was the moment I met your dad. And it really caught me off guard because uh, not a lot of people in Canada have met my dad, right? A lot of people have met my mum because she came out uh, when we were starting Avant, but not a lot of people have met my dad. And so this comment, everything made sense when I met your dad, um, it was one of those moments where all of a sudden you start remembering all of the different things that you've picked up from your dad that you didn't realize. There's a great verse in 1 John chapter 3, verse 1. See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God. And so we are children. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. In other words, just like as Christians, we are a reflection of our heavenly father, so as children, we are reflections of our earthly father. And some things only make sense when you meet someone's dad. Just like we can seem foreign and obscure and frustrating to other people who don't know God yet, all of those things that are obscure and foreign and frustrating about us can often be because people don't know our dads. I'm a reflection of my dad, Colin, but I'm also adopted into God's family, and so I also become a reflection of my heavenly father, God. That's the uniqueness of fatherhood. We reflect our fathers for better or for worse. I remember another time my dad, he's a prankster, right? This is this maybe give you a bit of an insight into what my childhood uh, was like. But my mum was nagging my dad to change a light bulb, and I couldn't figure out why my dad didn't want to change this light bulb because it's a light bulb, right? But he's like, no, nah, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to do that, Sam. You, you can do it. And so my mom, like, finally, just, you know, frustrated. She's like, fine, I'll do it. I'll do it. So she's up on this stepladder, changing this light bulb. 
And I see my dad, like, call me over like this. He's like, Joel, come here, come here. So I run over to my dad. He's like, hey, I want you to watch this. And I watch as my dad sets the alarm for our house. And right next to this particular light bulb was the alarm. And he arms this thing, and it immediately goes off. And my mum is livid. Colin Robert Thurkettle, what have you done? What have you done? And so she runs off this stepladder, and she's just making a beeline towards my dad. And I'm just like this little kid, like, what's going on? My dad, ah, what's going to happen? All my dad does is he just starts laughing. And she's like slapping him on the shoulder, and he's just cackling himself. So I start laughing, and then my mum starts laughing, and I can picture it in my mind. My dad just wraps his arms around my mum. And as she's in his arms, he's laughing, and he's kissing her on the cheek, and I'm laughing, and I'm like, ha, 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 ha. I'm definitely going to remember this for, you know, when I have a light bulb that needs to be changed. Um... It makes a lot of sense now all of a sudden when you see some of the things that I do because it's a reflection of my dad. But there's things that we reflect that aren't positive and that we pick up through observation, not necessarily conversation that our dads have had with us. Are you the kind of person that maybe constantly seeks affirmation or approval from other people because dad didn't give it to you? Or maybe... On a more positive note, you have a terrible sense of humor that gets you into trouble. Maybe it's because your dad loved puns. Or maybe you're the kind of person that sees every negative event that happens in life as a sign of doom and that everything's going to end because there were a few times where dad didn't swoop in and save the day. We use pretty language to mask all of these problems. And we say, oh, someone's got daddy issues. And it it makes it light and palatable, right? Daddy issues. But it does nothing to actually describe the complex relationship that children have with their father. Dads, this is why often your actions actually carry more weight than your words. And it's an incredible responsibility because we watch as children. We watch how our fathers love our mothers. We watch how our fathers talk to people that come over to our house. We watch as our fathers watch us at a, at a basketball game or a football game, and we notice when they're not there. We're always watching because we're learning, and it's more through observation than it is through conversation. There's so many things that I can remember my dad sitting me down and talking to me about that made no sense, but as soon as I saw him do something, I felt like I knew his motives, or I felt like... I knew what I was going to do differently or I was going to replicate that when I was older. So fathers and children of Avant Life Church, of every age and stage, this is what I believe that God's message for you is this morning. And it's two things. Number one, first and foremost, you are God's child. There's a great verse in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5. Before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. Before you, were set, uh, before you were born, I set you apart. Here is that affirmation that Jeremiah is receiving from his father. And it was this very affirmation that actually led to Jeremiah's confidence and boldness to stand for truth. Before anything, God knew you. And just because uh, your parents made you, 
you need to understand that God formed you. There is a divine relationship of fatherhood that is attached to every single person. You have a earthly dad, but also a heavenly dad. And this is why the onus is on fathers to reflect fatherhood. That is the, uh, the, the, the uniqueness of fatherhood. God is described first and foremost as a father in the Bible. When we look at Jesus' teachings, there's only one thing that God, uh, Jesus teaches more about God, and that's his kingdom. The very next thing that he talks about most is God as a father. So obviously there is an importance that Jesus is attributing to the fatherhood nature of God. And so how much more so uh, for fathers is it reflected in us when we use words like God the Father and when we use words like the church is a family because all of the baggage, whether positive or negative, we carry into our relationships with church and with others and one day with our own families. This is why in Matthew chapter 6, we observe Jesus providing evidence for God being a good father. He's saying, hey, have you looked at the birds of the air? Have you ever actually paid attention to how God cares for them? Have you looked at the wild flowers that no one is ever going to see, and yet they're cared for and they're dressed in splendor and in majesty? And he's saying, hey, you've got this insecurity that God's not going to take care of you. Have you ever paid attention to creation? Jesus is providing evidence and saying here is how God is reflected. His fatherhood is reflected in creation, which he takes care of. If you are his child, how much more is he going to care for you? There's two dynamics here at play. The first one is our concern, our, our concern. When we're worried about things, and it says here in this verse, right, that we shouldn't be anxious, but I think that's Jesus' way of acknowledging that we actually are anxious sometimes. So this is this first dynamic, right? I'm anxious about tomorrow. I'm anxious about all of these things in my life. And yet, Jesus is providing this evidence saying, hey, here is God and here is all the ways that he works in our life and that he takes care of us. Based on this, this cannot have any hold on your life. And so it is a war of who has the authority in our hearts. Do you let the anxieties and worries of your heart reign over your life? Or do you let God the Father sit where he should as the supreme authority over your life and affirm you like he does Jeremiah and say to you, hey, have you paid attention to creation and how I take care of that? Won't I take care of you? And is that not what fathers do for us? They take care of us? They provide for us in so many different ways. Fatherhood is this unique reflection of our heavenly father. You know that in the Bible, specifically the New Testament, there is one word that is used more than any other for church. And it's actually the Greek word for family. So when I say family, I mean two different things, both uh, physically and as a family unit, and also spiritually as a church family. In Psalm 66 verse 8, it says, God sets the lonely in families. What I love about this is that in the church, there should be no one with a relational deficit. What you did not uh, get through your natural family, God actually supplements through your spiritual family. John 20 verse 17, Jesus for the first time calls the disciples brothers and then says, I am ascending to the Father, your Father, 
and to my God, your God. He's making the distinction that now they are adopted into God's family. There is a different dynamic at play. So all of these things that he's been talking about, about the anxiety and the worry and the hopelessness are actually counted by God being our father. Elisha says to Elijah in 2 Kings 2.12, my father, my father, they weren't related. Elisha was just Elijah's disciple. Paul to Timothy says in 1 Timothy 1 verse 2, he calls him specifically a spiritual son. So there is this dynamic in the church for fathers, both physical and spiritual. There's a precedent for a spiritual family. And I think so often in the church, we try to lone wolf it and we try to insulate ourselves. And especially uh, as, as men and as fathers, there is this idea that I'm going to handle everything, that I'm the one that the buck stops with. But you need to remember first and foremost that you are also God's child. You also, as a father, have a father to rely on, to lean on, to not be anxious about. You can let your past be one of two things, a prison or a school. So you can let your past trap you or you can actually learn lessons from it. And what I love about fathers is that uh, it is a, a responsibility to actually allow your children to pull lessons out of the past instead of letting the past trap them like a prison. So when I reflect on my dad, I can remember each of my mistakes being paired with a godly principle about why it shouldn't have happened in the first place. But what's my dad doing? He's not necessarily disciplining me for doing the wrong thing. He's equipping me so that in my future, I'm not trapped by the same mistakes I made in my past. This is the power that fatherhood has. Is that not what God tries to do in our life as well with his Holy Spirit as he empowers us and we become more and more like him? How do we do that? By reflecting God to others. We actually are reflecting God to others as well. And yet we let the past trap us like a prison. And just like those two dynamics we talked about, the anxiety and the worry and God being a father, we actually diminish the father's hold in our life the more and more that we subscribe to these ideas that I'm going to be worried about what happens to me tomorrow. We don't trust the father. And that's just like those issues that we spoke about before. It's the lack of trust in the father for whatever reason that allows you to sit in the prison of your past for longer than we should. Number two, anyone can have a child, but it takes a special person to become a father. Someone who can conquer the past and pull out the lessons to give and to provide to their children rather than let them be trapped in the past. But this does not mean you have to bear this responsibility alone. And I want to address the pressure that fathers often feel. I watched my dad on his worst days, still take care of me, still take care of my mum, still take care of her family and his, and he never gave up. It's an immense responsibility because everyone is watching you as a father conquer the past and the present at the same time. See, for fathers, all they want is a better life for their children. But in order for that to happen, they have to pull lessons out of the past so that they're not trapped in their past. Otherwise, they're imprisoned by it so that we don't become prisoners in the same prison they were in. 
Fathers have the power to break those generational uh, prisons that often hold families hostage for generations. But fathers, you can turn to God for help too. Fathers are sons too. And that means that as a child, you have someone you can lean and rely on. 1 Peter 5 verse 6 to 7 says this, Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God so that at the proper time he may exalt you and casting all of your anxieties on him because he cares for you. After you have suffered for a little while, the God of grace who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself restore, confirm, strengthen and establish you. Fathers, my prayer for you this morning is that you would experience God's love in those four ways. Number one, for restoration in your hearts, for pains in your past. Number two, for confirmation of calling in fatherhood. Number three, for the strength and responsibility that you carry. And number four, the confidence that wells up when you realize the permanency of what God establishes I think, honestly, church, for too long, we have prettied up what fatherhood is and then not given credit where credit is due. And it becomes a, a tagline, something that we just send our dad a text message and be like, hey, thanks for being a dad. But fathers are so much more than just the person that takes care of you or should take care of you. They're the people that reflect God. They're the people that reflect God's own fatherhood in our lives. And it's not without stress. And it's not without a burden. It doesn't come easily. It takes perseverance. I really feel, church, that God wants to do a work in our hearts. That there are pains in our past God wants to restore and wants to bring healing to. wouldn't be appropriate not to address the impact that bad fatherhood can have in our lives. But it also wouldn't be appropriate to leave out how great God is and how he can transform and how he can restore and how he can bring healing. Regret, shame and lost time are often the three things that can hold us back from any progress in life the most. Because it's a loop, right? I regret what I did. I feel shame for it. And I realize how much time I've lost. And so there's that regret again. I regret that I lost time, that I couldn't make up for it. But we serve the God that's outside of time. We serve the God that lets tomorrow worry about itself and brings his power and transformation to our present. Your past does not have to be a prison, but it can be a school if you let it this morning. The Holy Spirit wants to do a work in your life. For expectant dads, or maybe dads that are quite insecure in their calling, I believe that God wants to confirm your calling in fatherhood. He wants to give you that confidence that he gave Jeremiah to stand against kings and nations. He wants to give you that confidence 
that in the hard times with your family, you can continue to stand. Not because you're strong, although that might be true, but because he is. Because he's the one we lean on. He's the one we rely on. So church, if you have a father in the room with you right now, I'd like you to gather around him, extend your hands. And maybe you have a couple of spiritual fathers, mentors that you've had in your life. I'd like you to join with me in prayer for them as well. God, first and foremost, we want to acknowledge you as our Father. We want to thank you for how you've loved us, how you provide for us, how you constantly protect. And Father, I ask that right now you would restore relationships across this family. God, the pains of the past, would you transform them? Holy Spirit, would you give us the courage and the boldness to step out of that prison and into that school, to let you do the work in our hearts, Lord. Not because we are worried and anxious about what happens if we don't take them to you, but because we know that as soon as it's in your hands, God, it has to change. As soon as it's in your hands, you're the God that restores. You're the God that redeems. You're the God that heals. You're our good Father. So we bring these pains to you right now, Lord. All those bad reflections that have happened in our life, we bring them to you and say, God, would you restore them? Would you restore our sight of you as our Father? Father, for our uh, dads in the house, I ask that you would confirm their calling as a Father. Lord, would you remind them the power in their actions and words? Remind them, God, that it's a reflection of you, Lord, that every moment is an opportunity to reflect your love to their kids. Father, I ask for strength of the responsibility that fathers carry. Would you strengthen them, Lord? Would your Holy Spirit come alongside them and remind them that you equip them, that you empower them, that you are constantly there to restore and renew their strength, to walk and never grow weary. And God, we also pray for an incredible confidence in our fathers in this church. Give them an incredible confidence, God, to take a stand against all of those things that want to see fatherhood turned around, torn down, everything that would come against those dads and ask them to quit. God, would your courage and would your confidence fill them up right now? In the name of Jesus, Lord. God, we thank you for our dads. We thank you for the father figures in our life, the strategic positioning that you work in our lives, Lord. We honor them for their sacrifice, for the responsibility that they carry, and for the reflections, God, of your love that they give to us every single day. You're the God that can transform anything, Lord. You transform, you transform our lives. You transform our roles and responsibilities. And so, Lord, would you transform us this morning in any of these areas that is needed? Strength, confirmation, restoration, courage and calling, Lord. We ask this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Church, we're going to go back into worship right now. 
And can I encourage you to reflect on God, your Father, and your earthly fathers. Have those conversations with God that need to be had. Don't shy away. Don't be anxious for tomorrow. He's the God that transforms. He's the God that takes care of so many things that remain unseen. How much more so will he take care of you? We hope you enjoyed this message. We would love you to subscribe to our weekly podcast. Other ways you can connect with Avant Life is through YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. Or check out our website at avantlifechurch.com.